Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to Football Manager Therapy. I'm Matt Richards, and on this week's episode... I feel fantastic, boombastic, ecstatically astounded how Tony can lose this game. I feel surrounded, confounded, emotionally dumbfounded to think you've nearly won a league. Joining me as always is the Craig David to my Robbie Craig. It's Tony Jameson. Raps are back, raps are back, raps are back. Oh, I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Maybe. <laughs> I was just, I might have just been listening to some, some old school garage and Woman Trouble by Art, Art, Artful Dodger came on and I was like, oh man, that song's great. Yes. Um, also, also as well, um, episode title, Born to Freddy, I do it. I like it. As in, I like Craig, it. Craig David, born. To- yeah, there you go. There you go. That's it, it. It made sense in my head. It's got absolutely nothing to do with anything that's happening on this episode. But when when does anything we do ever have any sense with anything? Uh, is the thing. And to be honest, I, th- I thought it was going to be a throw, like a little sort of uh, nod to the fact that we're uh, we're coming up to to a year, a year in the business, and uh, and going back to our our speed garage roots. Mm, yeah, no, we're not quite like August is officially anniversary mm-hmm. time. Um, so this is the the road to the anniversary, I guess, <laughs> where we don't talk about it being an anniversary, and then for a whole month solid, we're like, "Way, can you believe we've been making a podcast for a year?" Because I can't, to be honest with you. I'm shocked that we haven't been kicked off every single platform. All right, well, on this week's episode. We've got a couple of things to talk about. We're going to be talking about data later on in the game. Um, what's good, what's not good, what I like, what I don't like, what I want to see in future. Oh yeah, some some really exciting talks about numbers. Ooh, strap in. Um, and we're obviously going to be catching up with what Tony's been doing uh, at Peterborough. But we're going to start off by talking about um, our Season 5 Tony Jameson Discord Challenge. So, we've still got a week until we complete the challenge, of course. So, applications are still open. If you haven't started, get yourself involved. If you can get a season of Syria done in, in a week... Get it done, get it done. It's like twenty uh, fifth, I believe, is the closing date. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ro- Roma wasn't built in a day. That's the uh, the title of it. So, gives you a little insight as to what we're what we're going to be talking about. But I think what's been quite nice is that, that, and I think it happens a lot with these challenges. You, we almost stumble across either really good saves or really annoying saves. <laughs> <laughs> Nine times out of ten, it's the annoying ones. But but it's it's a one it's a one in ten. And this has been really enjoyable. Yeah, there's no middle ground with them at all, is there? There's no just kind of like, well, that was all right. This is like, I really enjoyed that or never playing this bloody game again. Um, and I will carry this hatred of this team over into real life and forever. So. Yeah, exactly. Like just cursing every single keystroke and button press. Going, I fucking hate this. Um, I, I'm, uh, I, you know, I quite enjoyed the Australian one to us. And this is like, I always wanted to get, I wanted to get into Italy. I've not managed Italy in this version. Um, and we thought, you know what? Let's do Italy. 
And uh, and the challenge, if you just to familiarise yourself with it, if you haven't um, caught with it or you're brand new to the podcast or the Discord, basically what it is, is play one season uh, in charge of Roma in Serie A. The only restrictions we have, because we do like a restriction over here, uh, we have a restriction of you can only buy players from clubs that Jose Mourinho has managed in his career. So that means Benfica, Liera, Porto, Chelsea, Inter, uh, Real Madrid, Manchester United, and Spurs. So mm. at first mm. you go, ooh, that's pretty good. And then when you load the database up, you go, ooh, not so good, actually. Quite difficult. Because yeah, <laughs> there's absolutely no one available apart from, like, one player that I think everyone signed. Yeah, um, everyone seems to have gone for it. I, I, I'm still... Oh, I, we can say it. It's Vinicius Junior. Everyone's yeah. gone. I'm just going to get him in. What's quite funny with this is that a lot of people have gone, I'm going to get him on, get him in, in on loan, mm-hmm. but I will be bankrupting the club in the process because <laughs> he costs so much, but I don't care because I'm not going to stick around for a second season. Whereas I've gone the other way. I've actually not bought anyone. Okay. At okay. all. No no signings at all. Mm-hmm. And I kind of might continue this save on <laughs> into the next season. I am in a similar vein to yourself, to be honest. I, have, I haven't bought someone. I have brought someone in. Uh, again, it's not Vinicius either. I must admit, I uh, I didn't go for Vinicius. Uh, I went for um, Octavio Octavio from um, oh, okay. from yeah, Porto. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. Got him in for twelve million quid, I think. Um, and he seems to slot into the midfield rather nicely, so I'm very happy with him. And I was going to get, um, I think it's Liera. Uh, there's or, or le, 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 it's either Lier or, or, or le, later um, a defender as well from Porto who's available on loan and I was like oh, I don't really th- we're actually quite blessed with centre-halves at Roba um, so I was like oh you know what maybe I'm just loaning him for loan and sake so um, so yeah so I've, I've left him where he was uh, but yeah about um, Otavia I was very impressed with to be honest and you're right I'm a little bit like yourself going might get season two and three out here, to be honest. Because I think, um, I think really, I think really, the only place that I I was looking at to potentially strengthen was up front, mm-hmm. mainly because Jacko is getting on a little bit, um, and there is a um, Bora, isn't there? Is 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 the other centre forward, and there's a couple of players that can play up front, and you might need to get a little bit. Uh, a little bit creative, like El Shawari, you can probably play up front. Pedro? Yeah, Pedro is pretty... If you're a fan of strikerless, this team is set up for strikerless. Yeah, like, for sure, all of for the, sure. The all mid- of the false nines and all of the second stri- shadow strikers, it's just... It's it's all pace and really good on the ball central midfielders, which is really good fun. But I, I've, I've just really enjoyed it. And I think I think what's made it interesting, we were talking about it in the, in the, in the Discord today, is... Mm-hmm just how injury prone this team is which is incredibly yeah. incredibly accurate as uh, Spinazzola just get just get prepared that he's going to be injured for nearly every single game you ever play i forget i forget who said the comment but his legs are made of biscuits and i was like yeah that's, that's <laughs> yes. yeah I, I i think i referred to the whole team as the glassman of 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 rome because it's just it's Z- Zaniolo's already out at the start of the game as well, so he's out for the entire season, just about isn't it. And Pastore. So this is, but this is what made it interesting because it's the first time I've really been paying attention. Like I, I, look, I rotate my team quite a lot, and I'll always look at the little 
heart symbol to check, you know, if they're like really high. Yeah. But like I've actually been in the medical center for the first time probably this year. And it's it's interesting because a lot of the issues that you have for this team is they have recurring injuries. So I actually went on the SI forums and was kind of like, can you get rid of them? And you can only really get rid of them if you get the option to get a specialist involved. But the problem is if you got like uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini has got a recurring hamstring problem. And he, in my game, he got another hamstring um, pull for like three weeks or so. But I didn't, I've not had the option to get that sorted yet. So it's that thing of you're constantly kind of having to juggle your team. You, you have about 75 million fullbacks and wingbacks. So you're not too bad in that position. Like it's literally just like take your pick who you want to want to play. But yeah, the only one I'm really a little bit concerned about and I am protecting. Um, I'm wrapping him in, in, in Cottonwall after every single game is Jacko because I'm just a bit worried about losing him. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean. Like they, they are, they are massively injured. But it's, it's incredibly, it's incredibly accurate. It just feels this is like how do I describe this? This feels like Serie A from yeah, the start. Yeah. Like, like Wickham felt like a grind. It felt like you were in a relegation battle. Like that, that challenge felt like an absolute struggle from the second you clicked. Like accept the job to the end of the season like every single game felt like a slog Australia felt like a little bit of fun time um this one this 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 uh trip to Italy just feels like hey here's some momentum it's gone hey here's some momentum it's gone (laughs) oh everyone else just seems to be having such a great time it's so competitive in in game and obviously that again that was reflected in real life I guess um, for the first time, given that Juventus dropped off and, and Inter ended up winning it. But, you know, you've got Inter, you've got Milan, you've got Lazio, you've got Atalanta, you've got Napoli. It's it's just, the list goes on and on and on. Obviously, Juventus obviously is, is the given. but and, and, you've got, and you've got the teams as well who just take points, like Sassuolo, just Sampdoria in there, like, you know, Fiorentina, Udinese. These are like, like the, you know, your team, like Lazio yeah. are like incredible yeah. on the game. Like, there's so many, like, Palmer, there's like just every team just feels like every team. Every team feels like it's every. There's it's, there is a significant difference between every side that you play. It's you know Juve- Juventus is mm-hmm. the big one, and it does feel like you play Man City. Um, but you know Atalanta play a certain way, and Lazio play quite physical, and you've got Milan that are kind of like more technical. But then you've got Inter, who are this perfect balance of like grit and flair and it's it, I just this is why this is why I love managing in Serie A and obviously you know I was there earlier on in the year with Bologna and, and that went really good and that went well and blah 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 but it's um yeah it's I think I think this has been a very enjoyable enjoyable challenge so far I I, I, I how do you how confident do you feel about doing well I don't feel very confident because I, I don't think no <laughs> I don't think not. I'm going to win the league <laughs> at all I just don't. I think I might be in like the top three, maybe if it goes okay. I think I think I'll get into the Europa spots. Yeah. Um, if I fluke a cup run, yeah, yeah, I'll be really, really happy. But I don't. I don't see much more than that. Tomorrow. This is why I think like it's a, like I'm looking at season two and three, going. I wonder, like, just how much would it take to get in to get to that next level? I don't think it, this is the problem with the, with that side is that like when I first loaded in this the save, I immediately just 
signed everyone to a new contract that was like thinking about leaving because I was like, I can't, I can't lose Pellegrini and uh, Diawara and a few other, a few other players because I was like, they're so integral to to the team. But it's going to be, I think, the timing of Zanilo coming back is going to be super important. I think just keeping that momentum over the winter period is important. Also, I think. Your Europa League group is important. Now, I got quite an easy one. The hardest team in mine is Rangers, who annoyingly beat me 1-0, but that's because I rotated my whole side um, against them because I was like, I think I was playing Atalanta on the um, on the weekend, so I was like, ah, we'll rotate the team. But yeah, I think it's... I uh, This one, I am more curious about how people do. I mean, we know Squirrel, Squirrel Master's just going to win it because that's just a given now. That's just what happens. Um, exactly. He's, he's not even picked this challenge and he's still going to win it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, the, the Hopefully, we'll be by next week, we'll be saying that the king is dead. Long live the king. Uh, we shall see. We shall see. All right, Tony. Well, um, talking of saves going in to several t- seasons down the road. Uh, why don't you let our lovely listeners know how you're getting on over at Peterborough United? Um, you know what? This week, no projectile vomiting. So, well, I win. mean, there you go. Like, Tony Jameson out for one to four days with food poisoning. Um, was was the the yeah, medical centre yeah. not not orange injured anymore? I passed my fitness test, got nice. full stream in. Um, yeah, you know what? It's it's good. It's good. We um, we were in a bit of a we were getting into a bit of a grind where we were doing decent at home and then letting away games slip and like just throwing away a couple of silly games. Like we like we started the stream on Sunday. We got hammered four 0 against Rotherham. Um, Danny Welbeck tore us a new one, by the way, just in case anyone's interested. Danny Welbeck was playing for Rotherham and, um, he scored two and assisted two. And it was just like, oh, oh dear, this is, this is not quite what we want. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a full, uh, back to the drawing board, but we've changed our shape ever so slightly. I, I was quite a fan because we, we were playing with a diamond, um, and wing backs. So, and it was quite, it was like a, so essentially it was a 4 4 2. But to look at it, it was two, two, uh, two, three, two, one, two, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm. so wing backs were providing our width and then we had a Mazala, um, and a, a, a central midfield on support, deep line playmaker. And then, um, Schmodox was playing as a, as either a shadow striker. If he wasn't there, we'd have an attacking midfielder or an advanced playmaker and then yeah. two, two advanced forwards, um, up top. Now, um, what we've done is ever so slightly shift that around. Um, and it just gives a bit more balance. I've pulled, um, another defender back in. So we've got a back three again. We've then got a, a more of a, a flat four across the middle. Um, and then two up top still. So we're kind of, um, is it a, is it a four? Is it a three, four, three? I think we've got like a five, four, a five. It, it's, it's fluid almost like it, it probably is a five, three. It's probably a five, three, two. But you could argue that it's a three five two. If that makes sense. Um, I'll, 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 I'll put it in the Discord. It's, <laughs> I'm enjoying I've this because you just you just having an argument with yourself about numbers, and I'm not going to lie, <laughs> you kind of lost me. But it's, it's right. bless you. It means something it's, to you. So we, uh, the irony is, it's more simplistic. <laughs> it yeah, sounds, yeah, I've made it sound ridiculous. Um, and yeah, and it's 
it's working really nicely. It's working mm. really, really nicely. We're getting some really good results, getting some good performances. Um, we've got a couple of players that are coming in and, and doing doing nice things. So we've got um, a guy called Dyer who comes in from Man City. I'm calling him Dyer because I can't pronounce his surname, so I'm using his first name. I feel as though that's what he'd have on his shirt anyway. Um, he's come in, he started banging some goals in. So he was a, a recommendation from Big Rogie. So he's doing quite nicely. Um, RJJ has been a revelation this season. I know there was some question marks on getting him back for a second season on loan, but he's getting in amongst the goals and scoring some really important goals and, and, and some really good goals as well, good quality goals. So that's nice. Uh, we've had to let a couple of players go because, of course, we were in that slight issue where we were overspending and uh, financial fair play were about to dock us some points. So we've sold a few players and we're back in the uh, in the black again. Other than that, we've not really brought anybody in. We missed out on a couple of players in January. We've got a little bit of January left, but I don't see us doing a lot of business. Um, yeah. We are back in second place. I know. I was going to say this. Uh, yeah, it's, Burton Albion are, are still are still top. Let's, let's paint um, paint the full picture, um, and then we'll f- we'll throw out a, fo- uh, a footballing cliche. So you're currently in second place. You've played thirty. You have won seventeen. You've drawn four, and you've lost nine. Uh, you have a goal difference of twenty seven, which is very good, Tony. Uh, and you're on fifty five points. Burton are above you. Played thirty. Won sixteen. Drawn eight. Lost six. Got a goal difference of nineteen. And they have 56 points. Now, a lot of people say in football, Tony, that the the league table never lies. But I think it does lie because, to <laughs> me, you look like a very unpredictable side. <laughs> I think you could be right, to be honest. Uh, it's You kind of, again, looking at the numbers, all I'm going to say is you either going to win massive or lose massive. We are we are the League One entertainers, Um we're kind of like Kevin Keegan meets Bielsa. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's uh, a horrible image. Yeah. Like we, it's, it's brutal. Like we're either incredible or we're going football. Never heard of it, mate. Nah, not for me. Um, and, and get this Reading w- approached us to, to see if we wanted to move on and go and, and manage in the championship as well. And they're not even struggling. They were mid table. They've got players who are worth like 12 million quid. About four of them worth twelve million quid, all wanted by Chinese Super League clubs. I was like, if we go, we're minted straight away, minted because just sell a couple of them, and we've got so much money that you know we'll be able to to live like kings for God knows how long. Um, and we were sort of like, I was unsure about going or not. And we'll get back to the league position saying I was unsure about going. We went for the interview. We had the interview. We played a few more games, and then eventually Redden got back to us and just went, "Now nah, we're giving it to the lad from Northampton." Northampton, what? <laughs> Um, so I was a bit pissed off there with that, but at the same time, I was like, actually, we then got ourselves into second and I was like, ah, oh, no, I feel, I feel as though we've, I feel as though we've got redemption now. Like this is, this is it. I was going gonna... to say, isn't this, isn't this the last dance, Tony? It is. It is. So I'm now going, right. You know what? Yeah. We didn't need Redden. Let's do it our way. And, uh, and it's got to the point where, um, Sunday stream is going to start Get this, and you know I love a bit. I love a bit of storytelling, don't I? A bit of narrative. That's what I always say. Uh, the stream is going to start against Burton Albion. Oh, it could all go wrong straight off the bat. It's, it's more than likely going to go wrong because we've never beaten Burton Albion. <laughs> Get your predictions in. How badly Tony messes this up? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, all right, cool. Well, this wrapping wrapping this up then. Uh, genuinely, are you feeling confident that this? 
this is going to pay off this this push do you think you can do it i i, I should be able i've never i'm never fully confident like because you know you can never be fully confident on this game and particularly when you're playing in front of people as well like you sort of um there's a bit of pre- there's a bit of pressure there but i think what we've got is good enough to go up i think if we're in the playoffs then i just and oh, i i I probably worry a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah. I think if we, I think we've got enough about us to stay in those automatic spots. Injuries, suspensions are gonna play a part, absolutely. But who know? Who knows? I've got to. I've got. I say this every week. I've got to believe. I've got to believe. And if not, then we start sending our CVs around and we we end up somewhere else. But fingers crossed. It would be nice to do it. It would be nice to do it. And if you get promoted, you'll be entering the really easy league of the championship, <laughs> the championship. where Which, everyone does great. <laughs> you know what? There's probably an irony where I'll sail through that in the first season. It'll be in the Premier League like in, in, in no time. We're like, oh, hi, guys, what's going on here? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the championship is going gonna, is gonna to bring its own challenges because we've had RJJ and Louis Barry on loan for two or three seasons so I don't think we'll be allowed them back so we are going to have to find goals from somewhere so it's if we get in the championship that is going to be a really interesting season um so so we shall see it's either going to be really interesting the championship or really interesting looking for a job elsewhere um around the world so who knows we shall wait and see uh, cool. Right. If people want to watch you suffer against Burton Albion this week, uh, <laughs> where can they do that? Uh, yeah. So it'll be on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv forward slash Tony Jameson FM. Uh, we stream Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Uh, it's nine o'clock till about half 11, 12 o'clock. Depends upon, uh, how we're doing. Um, so yeah, come along and join on. If you've missed the stream, then the VOD stays up for, I think it's about two weeks. So, um, you can get caught up on that as well. So you should see a couple of weeks worth of content leading into uh to where we are just for a bit of context so yeah come and hang out you could potentially have a lovely tuesday you could listen to us in the morning here on this podcast get excited about tony and his twitch stream go and watch the video on demand and then it'll set you up nicely for wednesday evening to watch the action unfold live look at that it's the tony jameson experience um it's almost like we planned this isn't it almost you know I, mean? I like the way you said we um right (laughs) little little behind the scenes look there of this podcast all right well while tony is pondering his tactical decisions based on eye tests alone i've been nerding out again on football manager and crunching some numbers and looking at some of the data within the game So we're we're talking about that subject. We're talking about data and stats in Football Manager 2021. So let's put the disclaimer right at the beginning. <laughs> there is still stuff that is broken. Past past network maps. Yeah, they were a thing uh, that we we don't have access to anymore. Do you remember the days when uh, when fullbacks had no ratings at all? No, no stats. <laughs> just you know, remember that. Remember just fullbacks, fullbacks. Did <laughs> wasn't even watching me. So I believe as well that some 
so, so I, I'm not entirely sure what 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 the what the issue is because there's been so many uh, this year, unfortunately. The I believe the stats that you see when you go into your squad breakdown page, I believe that some of those stats don't match up to what's in the you know the the league detailed thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that might be a thing, but. There is still some stuff in the game that you can work around and you can use and it can give you an idea. So I, I would I would say this, a lot of the stuff is to give you a better idea rather than be like super accurate, you know, like you're using Stats Perform or Stats Bomb or anything like that. It's not, it, it's not that experience quite yet, unfortunately. But there is a couple of little, uh, little tips that uh, I'll try and give out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we we did it this year with you with your well, your Peterborough save. I did a little scout report on, on why you shouldn't you shouldn't buy new fullbacks because you had two very capable fullbacks on your team, and that saved you some money. It did, it did, and and added three more years of League One experience to my uh, CV. Uh, <laughs> I mean that that bit was on you. That was not on me. That that was, that was on me. <laughs> right. So I, I thought I thought at first the the I think the the most appealing way to like. Look at some numbers in the game from a point of view that if you're not kind of interested in looking at Excel spreadsheets, because who is, is to use the the analytics page after the game. So when you get the, the sort of like the, you get it at half time and you get it at the end, there's like a little uh, menu in the middle and you usually have like your XG story and a couple of other bits and pieces and there's a little anna analytical tab, I think it is. I can never remember the correct thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you click on that and you can actually look at some some stats from the game you can focus on both teams you can look at your team so we're going to kind of like i don't really want to talk about the xg and the shot maps and stuff like that because it's been covered a million million times by a million million different people but um some of the, some of the things that i actually use and i actually do use this so i tend to do this if if so sort of every five games or so i'll go back and look at stuff especially if things are going wrong <laughs> i'm always like okay well where are we going wrong so first one for me is key passes. So a key pass, just to, again, you know, I, I apologize if you know what a key pass is, but a key pass is a pass that leads to a shot on goal. So it, it obviously a key pass can turn into an assist if they finish it, but it's a good indication of who's creating the chances, how many chances are they creating, and are these good chances that they're creating? So you can, if you go into your little analytical tab, you can you can select your team and then you can go down to the passes thing and you can actually just select key passes and it shows you where these key passes happen on a pitch. So you get an idea of like where what areas are you creating, which is again really helpful. Again, slight asterisks. Sometimes there is a bit some squiffy X Y data plotting going on here, and you'll see like random position for off the edge of the pitch again still still needs a little bit of refining but for the most part like i think key pass is good because for me again the biggest thing is it shows where we're creating and what kind of chances are are we creating and but secondly as well it shows me if say for instance someone's creating more key passes than assists and those key passes are coming from good areas i know that it might be my striker that might be the issue rather than the midfielder, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 it makes complete sense. Because you would rather those key passes be assists. But again, it, it's 
you can click on the little um, plot marks and you can then look at the highlights. So I think that's a good a, a good way to look at your side from a, an attacking point of view. Like, are we creating good chances? Because it can be like, oh, you have 20 shots, you know, 16 on target or whatever. And you'd be like, oh, right, well, we must have created loads of good chances. And then you look at the actual quality of the chance and it's like, oh. I think I think that's, that's your really basic intro metric in it. Like, and I think that... that- Anyone who sort of pops in and you use the sort of the uh, the phrase of, of getting FM'd, don't like you see that quite a lot. Like, oh, oh, I, I, I just said I had, I had twenty chances, you know, uh, I've got an XG of two point zero four. Uh, my opposition had four chances. Uh, they had an XG of one point zero three, and I've been beaten two nil. And you go, yeah, because they had really good chances, and you were like having chances from like the angles of the area or like. You were uh, sort of you you shooting from distance, so of course your XG is going to be lower. Um, you know, it's it's that like look beyond that first marker. You know, it's like yeah, you get loads of the chances, but if you're only getting four on target, then you're only really got a chance of scoring four out of your twenty. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So the from a defensive point of view, I've I actually used this in a blog uh, that was about uh, I think it was about the Blackburn save and how good Adam Armstrong was defensively mm. not just going forward that's right yeah, yeah yeah that was really good as well actually we should link that put the description back in it was really really good I appreciate that um, and that kind of kind of this came this metric came about with, from a discussion with a few people that uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a group chat with um, FM Oldtimers in there FM Tahiti's in there Guido's in there uh, Matty Lewis is in there there's a few others and I was sort of wanting to get an idea about how our press was and how effective our, our counter-pressing was. And they, a few people suggested that um, I looked at gained possession. So mm-hmm. a gained possession is any defensive action where your player wins the ball back. So it could be an interception, it could be a tackle, it could be a header, it could be the ball ricochets round and falls to your player, which weirdly happens a lot, by the way. Um, yeah. So it's 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 basically a defensive action. I guess it's like a less, and I'll, I'll talk about this in a second, it's like a really less refined version of what uh, FB ref would refer to as pressure or pressures. Mm-hmm. Because... Because of those little horrible, like, oh, you've regained the ball without actually doing anything. You just happen to be in the area when the ball ping, like, pinballed around and you gained it. So it isn't perfect. I will say that it's not perfect. But, but, but it's a much more accurate. And again, I think we, the irony is we spoke about this particular metric, um, way back when we were talking about the idea of looking at metrics and stuff. And, and, um, and you look like you're talking about, all right, you just happen to be in the right position. It's the same as, as rebounds in, in basketball. Like, you know, you just, if you just, just grab the ball, like your rebound, but if you run and, and it comes and you physically make a play for that rebound, that's, it's still the same. It's score, a really, still- it's a really good way of, of highlighting cutting out passing lanes, actually. That's, that, that was, that, this is the, the, the thing I used with, with Adam Armstrong because I couldn't understand why Adam Armstrong was so good defensively and what it was was that I was using, I think I was using close down more and Mark tighter. I don't know if it was, mm-hmm. it might have been using specific player marking, which is kind of what I do anyway. Uh, it's something I picked up off Boston F years ago, uh, where like, um, you know, you man mark, you, you wingers man mark the fullbacks. And I was watching the game possessions and I was just watching Adam Armstrong just being in that little space, just where he needed to be to pick those passes. 
off and, and, and then charge forward. And it was all down to his acceleration and his speed. It wasn't necessarily his anticipation and his work rate, but it was just this, it was kind of like, all right, well, he's a physical player, therefore he's making up for lack of, you know, mentals. But it was it was just a really good indication of how good he was defensively. And then I actually went in and looked at his tackles and his interceptions and for an attacking player he was one of the highest sort of rated players in my in my side and it was the same with um i think it was dolan who was on the other wing so long ago Mm. now um and they had the same thing and i was like well this is good that means that my defensive players um sorry my attacking players in the wide areas are actually pulling their weight defensively and it all kind of came about from just going in to the match data looking at game possessions and and having a look Yeah, I like I like that stat because I, that attribute or stat, and I, no, that is a stat. Um, I like that one because I I used to always again historically I would maybe look for key tackles, um, and I know or, or or tackles made per ninety minutes. Which, which when you think about it, like in at first glance makes complete sense. You're going, I want a defender. What they do, they tackle. But then you look at it and you go, well, interceptions are are higher value because if you think about someone like Man City, you're not necessarily tackling a lot because as you say there you're in the right you're cutting off passing lanes you're intercepting the ball so you're actually taking possession out without making tackles so you could get someone like you know uh any of the, the man city defenders like john stodes or garcia or something maybe you're sitting there or uh, laporte going oh they only make like three tackles a game yeah but they make seven interceptions a game and it's like they don't ha- they don't have to tackle like you know so if you so if you're looking for key tackles these guys would be like way down the list but if you look for interceptions, they're going to be right at the top. And you're like, oh, right, okay, they're pressing to cut that danger out. So, um, yeah, so looking at that rather than the key tackle metric was kind of my thought towards getting into this this discussion back in, back when we started first talking about it. What's quite funny is because key tackles were so broken early on in this game, and I don't know if they still are, it actually forced, other, it forced people to use something else that then was way more advantageous in the long run so yeah, it was exactly. good like again like every 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 okay not maybe not every stat but most stats in this game or most you know metrics in this game can be useful because again it's 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 just how you apply it and and how you you know what you're trying to get out of it that that gives it value but yeah i think i think i think it's just a a nice little one that that again it takes a little bit of does take a little bit of work as, as in like sitting down it isn't directly in front of you and like in a number form you have to kind of go watch watch it but gives you good uh indication now talking about, i mentioned buster net and he does this all the time and, and you know we uh we, we experienced it when we had the the, the little uh, draft mode thing against him but he just does it he was just in, in his video and he was talking about goalkeepers now goalkeepers is something that i struggle on in terms of not I, I know what attributes I want from a goalkeeper, but I don't know how to measure if my goalkeeper's doing well other than really ratings. And he made he made this really good point. He was like, look at expected goals against, and then look at the scoreline of the game. And I was like, of course, like I know it sounds, yeah. and like I'm just just saying that out loud is the most obvious thing in the world ever. Like it's so simple, but because I've never really. I, you know, I, 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 I mean, imagine there is someone that plays this game and 
trains goalkeepers to be amazing and knows exactly you know how to quantify goalkeepers' performances and stuff like that. But because if, I don't if really there is anyone, if there is anyone, please come and join my Peterborough save. Yeah, yeah. I've got so many <laughs> yeah, Tony, Tony needs the coaching. But I was like, I've never really thought about it or focused on it. And then I was like, of course, XGA is like the one. So I thought that was really good. So if you go into, I think it's form. If you go into the, 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 the player tab and then drop down form and then it gives you the sort of breakdown of the last X amount, like the game scroll through, notice the XG and then check the, the score. And I was like, this is really good. And he just said it like in an offhanded comment in a video. And I was just like, well, that's just completely changed how I quantify my goalkeepers now. Just hiding in plain sight, isn't it? That's what these that's what these stats are. And, and, and that's the thing. Once it's said, you're like, it is just that gestalt moment of like, Oh, of course, of course. That's that's what I needed. Oh, right. Now it makes sense. Now let's crack on and and get going. And just while we're talking about goalkeeper, sorry, I should have mentioned it during the Roma save. And um, you're not going to believe. I put it in the Discord. And I, I'm sure you saw it. I had a goalkeeper howler. <laughs> of course, I did. Of course, you did. Of course, <laughs> a, a goal did. conceded from inside my opposition's own area. They just pumped the ball up front. Long pass, free kick. I think it was maybe. No one's anywhere near my keeper who comes charging out and slips. It bounces over his head and he has to run back and he doesn't get anywhere near it. Do you know what you, mention that. Sorry. Do you, what you need to look at there is uh, mistakes leading to goal. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that's pretty high. That's that's a pretty... Um, so before... I'm going to finish on, on what I would like to see in, in next year's game. Um, before I do that, uh, I just wanted to say about like there's some really good people that do some some good stuff about taking the stats from football manager and then displaying them in a way that that is slightly more digestible and stuff like that. We you know we've mentioned Matty Lewis on this this podcast many times before, um, but I wanted to give a bit of a shout out to FM Stag because he's been recently doing it with his Boca Juniors save where he's been making these really really lovely um, scatter plot graphs where he compares attacking actions or attacking values and defensive values. And he's kind of like quantified his own definition of what the defensive and the attacking value was. And they're just really pretty to look at and actually really like informative. And he's done, he's just been doing loads of really good stuff. Uh, he, he, brought, he he put his little spreadsheet in about like what, what quantifies as like, you know, being the, the value of the action. And he did he did something really good the other day where um, he made a list of all his players in his, in his side and then he put them all in like a, a chart and he put their value, their wage, and then obviously like minimum release fees, the expiry, you know, when, when his contract expires. But then he put like minutes average rate in an age. But then he did this like, he did this like calculation about wages and like wages per minute played and how much that player is costing him you know how many months he's got left on the contract and how much he got you know wages left to pay and it was so good because i was like i'm never the the wages per minute thing was so clever and he does it he just did it in a really pleasant and presentable way so yeah fm stag on twitter oh so the interesting thing is is like and again this is like a great conversation we're having now and we need to to keep this conversation going on as as fm22 approaches because i i'm one of my plans for fm22 was was a money ball save my plan was to do a money ball and I need to get so in depth into it. So things like, like what Stag's doing there, I've, I've read about 
cost like, cost per minute, but I've never even attempted to understand a how to do it and b how to try and put it into Football Manager. And um, so I'll absolutely go and have a have a read of that. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's one of those ones where if the stats don't work, then Moneyball's kind of fucked really on the game. But um, no, I'm oh, I'm very excited now. Mark, Mark, a guy called Mark Thompson um, on on Twitter did a did a really good thing about Moneyball and sort of like the term and how it's sort of you know maybe lost its meaning and stuff he's um it's at every team underscore mark on twitter if you want to find him no it might be an fm player but he's 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 not necessarily fm based but he, he made this in his little evaluation he broke down like all the all the rules and stuff and like you know uh, like there's like a one to five rule, wasn't it? And you know, for most part, like change is good. Having not having money only means short term solutions exist. So always be upgrading. Number two is actually two things in one. It's like when you have to do something, you're screwed because you'll make it a bad deal. Uh, you can recover from a player you don't sign, but you might never recover from a player you sign for the wrong price. Know the value of every player you can put in. You know, put a dollar on a value on it. Um, know what you get out. Ignore the media. But it's this is like this little bit that I loved. Yeah. So and he was like, because obviously it's in regards to the actual the, the actual book um, and, and the movie. It was this little line of, and the point is not to have the highest on base percentage, but to win games as cheaply as possible. And the way to win games cheaply as possible is to buy the qualities in a baseball player that the market undervalues and sells the ones that the market overvalues. That's Moneyball. But it's that line of to win games as cheaply as possible. Um, And I think it gets a little bit lost in the shuffle sometimes when you're trying to translate it over to Football Manager. Yeah, I think Dupe's done it before and Herb the Nerd have both done it. And again, they've used the same same phrase of it's all about buying wins. And that's literally all you're doing is just buying wins. And um, yeah, the spreadsheet that you need to run it is... It's pretty large. We've already had a couple of conversations with a few guys about trying to get a little draft thing done. So, um, yeah, I'd like to do it, but I don't know if I can do it justice. I think there's better people who can do, who are more clued in, but we'll see. We'll see. Never I think know. if you, you enjoy it, then you enjoy it. And again, it's like, I think now that, you know, football's changed so much because there are so many teams that recruit really well. You know, even off the top of my head in England, look at Brentford. They had a long-term Barnsley. plan. They... Uh, Bar- Barnsley, yeah, but they're still a bit untested because they're still in the the early stages of what they're trying to do. But Br- Brighton, Brighton have a great recruitment team, and they take. We were. So, I was talking about talking with a couple of friends on Twitter about this. About like the the great thing about Brighton is they take really big risks, and the reason it seems like they're taking risks. So, for example, they've just signed someone from the J League, and how many times mm. do you? know of an English side buying from the J League. That's the risk. It's not that they're buying a player that is, you know, oh, well, he's this and that, and he might not be, you know, worth the money. It's the they look in markets that aren't necessarily popular or a, a constant, um, you know, a, a constant sort of, like, marketplace for, for certain teams. And I think, obviously, Brexit now is change that massively because of work permits and stuff like that so you we might now see in real life football recruitment being from outside of europe because before then it was you know eurocentric because because of the law so and i think i think it is important to be like 
there is a moneyball way of doing it as much as that term again has lost its meaning and then there's also just long-term planning and good recruitment and good recruitment yeah exactly exactly so two two things i'm I'm hoping for next year and i know this is like super (laughs) this is like obviously (laughs) set piece creator because i just feel like if we keep i I just feel like if we keep saying it like all of us if we just keep saying it together like um dorothy and wizard of oz like there's no place like home there's no place like home we just sit here and click our heels together and keep saying new set piece creator might happen but no metrics wise what i would love to what i would love to have is ppda so uh passes per defensive action which is um a stats bomb originally a stat bomb stats bomb invented metrics to measure the uh, intensity of a press there again much like every single metric in sport it's got its pros and it's got its cons it isn't perfect but having an actual an actual thing like a solid like hey here's a number that kind of gives you an indication of your pressing I think would be a good thing and it's kind of like an expansion and we've kind of got it anyway with game possessions. So like, let's just give it a, you know, an actual name or an actual solid... Numerical, numerical. ...value and and go from that. And the other thing as well is progressive passes, which I'm trying to think from a... Progressive passes and progressive carries would be good because it's again you see it so much in real life football now that i'm kind of like it's surely gotta like come into into fm but then it's like because it's a it's because it's based on distance really it's like how is it easy to program in the game so is that where like you start with like a lit like a simple dribble but the dribble gets more the longer it goes, the more difficult the dribble becomes. So, like a, so a defender bringing the ball out, if he brings it out five yards, it's, it's a little drill. But if he gets to the halfway line, the risk is increasing exponentially as he goes so forward. So I believe I believe it's 10 metres, I think. So if a pass goes over 10 metres or, or a dribble goes over 10 metres, it's determined to be a progressive mm. pass or dribble. Again, I'm not exact on the figure... Um, and I Michael don't Cox know will tell that. us. He'll, he'll know. Yeah, I'm sure he will. But <laughs> but the idea the idea of it is that it's kind of it's focusing on an action that is a direct action towards goals. So obviously, again, like pass completion, you know, you can maybe if you complete ninety six percent of your passes, but every pass is sideways or backwards. Like, how much value you are you adding to the game? So progressive progressive passes. If someone is a progressive passer. In your side, you know that that person is putting the board, uh, putting the ball vertically, or carrying the ball vertically. Mm. Now you can have players in your teams that you know you could have your sideward passes and then your forward passes, but it's good to it'd be good to have like an actual again an actual like rating or metric to see that because we do kind of get it with key passes, but that's only something that ends in a shot. Mm. And not every progressive pass ends in a shot. Because if you say, you know, if you say, for instance, you've got a ball playing defender and they carry the ball out from of defense, so there's a progressive carry, and then they play a progressive pass that, say, I don't know, goes into the channel to Mazala, who, like, latches onto the ball and then he cuts it back across to the goal scorer. 
the Mazala gets the assist, but the progressive pass gets lost. But it's that pass before the assist that's created that chance. That is the, the one. And again, like, but it, it could be a, another example. I'm trying to just sort of like to give people an idea, but you could be having like, say, for instance, like the ball's being rotated around in midfield. And then there is a switch, mm-hmm. a ball that's like switched to the, the opposite flank that releases, say, an attacking midfielder. He dribbles on. Maybe he like lays it off to an over, you know, an overlapping fullback. Maybe they pull it back to the area. Someone then, like, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. like it's that it's that ball that, that cuts between the net, goes between the lines in it, and gets it for, propels the motion forward. So moves the play on. There is some really like interesting work being done by a, by a. Uh, a couple of places um, that have like newer metrics. There's something called G plus at the minute, which is in going on in America, um, which if I remember, if you're in our discord, I'll link you up to it and show you because I've been reading about that this week and it's been, um, when you actually read about it, it's like really interesting. It's basically um, a way to evaluate someone's contribution to goals it's quite hard to explain, nice. um, but it's it's there's like so much stuff going on, and like we have to be again, like we have to understand that FM is still only a game; we can only do so much with it. But I think I think some form of way of measuring how good our counter pressing is or our press is, and um, a slightly more useful passing metric, uh, whether it be progressive or or whatnot but yeah that's uh, i would really love to see that next year but then obviously you know they need to make sure everything is up and running um but yeah there you go we just nerded out a little bit because we we have to do it occasionally um so there give the people what they want that's what we say this is it so um over on our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy i'm currently preparing to possibly do some live streams to teach some people how they can make um, XY data maps. So we'll be making shot maps. And we I'm going to try and show you how you can do, uh, basically take your, your shot data from FM and put it and create a real life interactive shot map with XG and everything um, that you can use on your social media and stuff like that. So that's going to be on our Patreon. It'll probably over a, a few live streams. I will say this, it's not going to be the most like inch perfect you know like millimeter accurate thing but it might give you an opportunity to create quite nice like graphics and visuals that you can kind of put out to give uh give an idea about how your player uh, has been performing in in shooting and stuff like that so that's something that i'm going to put together and plan for future uh for our patreon so that's patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy it's three pound a month and what you do 100 percent get every month now is an extra podcast a month you get the weekly podcast ad free and you get access to our private discord channel as well so there's some good stuff there's some some older live streams that i did as well that you can go back and watch our bonus episodes are always loads of good fun we've just done our euro 2020 roundup uh some thoughts and feelings about the tournament so if you want to support this podcast here and maybe get a little bit extra as well you can do so on patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy it is three pound a month 
Right, Tony, um, why don't you let the people know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me uh, at Tony Jameson on Twitter. That probably is the easiest place to go to. There's also on the Twitter bio is a link to the Discord, which, of course, we talk about quite a lot. It's um, a really great community we've, we've built over there um, of listeners and, and, and viewers from the streams. Uh, we've got so many different channels in there now. We've got coffee, we've got fitness, mental health is a really big one, of course, from myself and Matt. Uh, that's a really active uh, discussion as well. General football conversation, football shirts, um, our monthly challenge, of course. So you've got a week to get your final subs in for that uh, and get get yourselves involved. So go and join the Discord. Um, we also, of course, do uh, do twi- Twitch streaming. So it's uh, twitch.tv forward slash Tony Jameson FM, which, of course, we mentioned before for the Peterborough save. Uh, but in addition to that, we're doing some stuff over at Twitch Sports. On Monday, we do the Monday Night Football football show which is myself and Danny Deegan and another couple of comedians uh, basically decipher what's gone on over the weekend we'll chat about some stuff transfer speculation all that kind of thing uh, it's good fun to be honest the last episode was was hilarious we had a, a Karen Bailey on and she was drunk and it was really funny so go and have a watch of that and on Friday nights we do Friday night fantasy football show with Cy Maggio and uh, Dave Black who I think uh, we've both appeared on on his podcast actually as well so yeah, uh, at the back post so Dave. He's come to join us, um, which, and you're not going to believe this, listeners. It's me uh, not being very good at fantasy football. Who'd have thunk it? Um, so, yeah, that's really good as well. So, um, yeah, come and get involved there. They both start streaming at nine o'clock in the evening. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you there. Lovely stuff, Tony. And we mentioned over the last sort of weeks or so, we're changing how we're going to put some focus on some cool things some great causes that you guys should know about or get involved in and this for next month or so we're going to be talking about war child uk if you play football manager you would have heard of war child uk they're an incredible charity that do some really great work their aim is to protect educate and stand up for the rights of children that are caught up in war i have had the pleasure of doing so, uh, doing a stage slot with the the charity way back when at Insomnia, and I can't speak highly enough about their cause. There is a cause at the minute that you can donate to, which is the Gaza Emergency Appeal, and you can find all the information on warchild.org.uk forward slash home. Uh, you've probably seen their logo on the, the very lovely white FM shirt that uh, has been done in collaboration with TikTok, I believe, isn't it, Tony? Mm, it has, yeah. Hummel. Of course it's Hummel. Oh, it's lovely as well. It's really nice. Good people doing some good stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us again on our weekly episode here. I'm going to go and jump in an ice bath because I have nearly melted from recording in this <laughs> warm sweaty room um so if i do survive the the night and the heat we'll see you same place same time next week on football manager therapy 